think of how much changes in a span of two years. What we say is going to happen in, in the next, say, 30 days or 90 days, that we should feel pretty confident about, right? Because it's if we're saying it's going to happen in 90 days, that means our team is in sync on what to do, you know, what the needs are, what requirements there may be, and, and we should be able to do that thing, whatever the thing is in 90 days. If we're talking a year out or two years out, who's to say that our entire company's strategy will be exactly the same? Who's to say our customers' needs will be the same? Who's to say there's not something else that's really important that, that would take precedence instead? Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us again. I hope you're all doing very well out there. Recently, we had a nice conversation with Mike Belsito of Product Collective and Industry the Product Conference. And he's also co-host of the startup podcast, Rocketship.fm. And, you know, we spoke about product management, finding delighters, jobs to be done. It was just a great conversation. And uh, Mike has uh, come back to us today because he's got some things to tell us about road mapping coming out of, of the community that he spoke about last time. So, Mike, welcome to the show again. Yeah, Paul, thank you so much for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, how's things going? Things are good. Things are good. You know, it's it's almost officially summertime. And uh -huh. gosh, I feel like as soon as it was Memorial Day, where I'm at in Cleveland, Ohio, the sun just came out and was like, okay, <laughs> summer officially starts now. My kids are going on summer break. But you know, you know how it goes. We're never truly on summer break. The work goes on throughout the summer for all of us. But but at least at least the weather's better, right? That's right. Yeah. And the mood the mood can be a little better, maybe. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Good. Yeah. You get out, enjoy the sun. Makes a big difference. Well, Mike, so I, I kind of tipped off the listeners on the topic, but uh, you know, let's let's just kind of ease into this. How did you get even into this subject of road mapping in your community, and 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 what have what have you found out? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know product road mapping. It's it's kind of one of these things that it affects every single product person. You know, no matter whether you're a product manager, whether you're a product leader, like a VP of product or CPO you'll touch road mapping in in some way, whether you're creating that roadmap or whether you're executing on that roadmap. And I remember for me personally, it's something that always was, I don't want to say a struggle, but I mean, it's it's definitely a challenge to be able to not just create a compelling roadmap that matches up with your company strategy, but then to execute on it, to not get caught up with going off track, you know, because there's always there's always people asking for more things, right? And so I, I know the topic kind of started going around within the product collective community. I think it might even started on Slack on, hey, you know, what are what are things that you're doing to, you know, stay on top of your roadmap? What are mistakes people are making? Gosh, we've had a few different video chats on it um, with our industry interview live video chat series for product collective too. So um, yeah, things kind of more recently, the chatter's been up and, and I thought, yeah, it might be a good opportunity to kind of reflect on what people are saying here and, and share it with your listeners as well. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. You know, it's, it, we've seen so many statistics. I think we may have spoke about them, about the poor ability for companies to really execute on their strategy. And, you know, how many times you see this, this monumental effort to do the roadmaps, get them together, get them signed off on, 
and then they get saved somewhere and then they they disappear and then you know a, a year later ah, let's do it again we gotta update our roadmaps right and that's probably not how to do it but it is it, it is i think i'm glad you went to two parts to it really why is it hard to do a roadmap and then why is it even harder to execute on it so what did you find out there what is your community saying about that yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be shouting out a lot, a lot of people that are within the product collective community here because they're the ones that that sort of, you know, served up some of these pro tips, I'll call them or or, or even yeah. mistakes as well. Um, but, you know, you mentioned something that I think is worth sticking on first, Paul, which is, you know, the roadmap, the idea of creating a roadmap, the idea of having a roadmap. It's not a once a year thing. It's not, it, or at least it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be one of these things where, oh, it's getting towards the end of the year. We got to create the next year's roadmap. And it's just a one-time thing. Really, it's an ever-evolving process. And it's something that sort of should be continuous and it should be living on. The reality is when we create a roadmap, you know, that should, that's really just an artifact that helps us execute the company's overall strategy. I mean, that's really what a product roadmap is. It's a artifact that is an extension of the product strategy, but that product strategy should really be something that supports the overall corporate strategy. But the thing is, when we're creating a roadmap, like let's just say we did create one and it's a, it's a year long roadmap. What we have a plan for that's a year from now, things change, right? Like life changes, the, the landscape changes, our customers needs change. So it's really this ever evolving thing. And um, that kind of actually, you know, I, I'm going to cut to one of the pro tips that somebody within our community uh, gave, which is I'll start with Kent McDonald. So Kent actually uh, helps run our product collective community within Slack. Um, we have a pretty active Slack community. People meet up every day, you know, kind of trading ideas and best practices. And and Kent is the head of that community on Slack. He also is the founder of KBP Media. But one of the things that Kent brought up was that the farther a roadmap goes out, the less precision it's going to have. And that we should all communicate this with our stakeholders. And I thought that was a really good one to start on yeah. because sometimes that gets lost. You know, we, we again, we'll create this year long roadmap or, or gosh, sometimes, you know, we're getting asked to create a roadmap that extends out two years. I can't even imagine. I mean, we're forced to imagine what the world looks like in two years, but think of how much changes in a span of two years. What we say is going to happen in, in the next, say, 30 days or 90 days, that we should feel pretty confident about, right? Because it's if we're saying it's going to happen in 90 days, that means our team is in sync on what to do, you know, what the needs are, what requirements there may be, and, and we should be able to do that thing, whatever the thing is in 90 days. If we're talking a year out or two years out, who's to say that our entire company's strategy will be exactly the same. Who's to say our customers' needs will be the same? Who's to say there's not something else that's really important that that would take precedence instead? So sometimes people think about roadmaps as, as promises and maybe to a certain extent they should be in the beginning, but we're talking very far out. I don't think we should set the expectation that it's a promise. We should set the expectation that it's a, you know, this is a plan but sometimes plans can plans can change for good reason. So that's one thing that stood out to me when it came to timing. Yeah, I like that. You know, I've also seen it not directly in the roadmap, but all the initiatives that companies create, all their 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 objectives, their goals, their their initiatives, that everybody lines it up and then they just start 
executing on it and and you know they start measuring against it and you're right i mean it's like well things change yeah but this is what we said we're going to do let's do it right and it's it is typically this year cadence you know that's just gets thrown into part of the the annual operating plan on companies and and, and you just can't do it that way and i i I never thought exactly of the degree of precision. It's going to vary by industry. You know, if you're in aerospace and defense, your roadmap is 30 years or more or longer, right? So it's a lot harder to get that. Where's your precision in there? Your fast-moving consumer goods, man, 10 months from now, forget about it. It's a different world, right? <laughs> that's right. No, that's exactly right. And yeah, so I thought it was a good reminder that, and, and you know, it. We might have product people nodding nodding their heads to this, right? We all get it. But what it means is that we need to be the ones to also communicate this to the stakeholders internally and externally too. You know, if we're, if we're showing roadmaps to customers in some sort of form or fashion, we need them to understand what we're saying might happen in a year might not actually happen in a year, right? Like we're, we're, we don't have 100% level confidence quite yet. Yeah, I'm wondering how best to do that, right? Because if you don't do that, you know, people make their own, especially if it's a for a customer, you know, they make their own plans as a result of what you're going to do. And, and I think people can appreciate it can change, but they need to be reminded. Every time you do these roadmaps, I think it's a good point, Mike, to remind the audience. Look, just, just remember, we're, this is really, you know, we got a lot of precision in the early, not so much in the future. I think it's not bad to remind people. So it's a good point. Yeah, good well, that reminds me of one of the, mistakes that somebody in our community kind of pointed out. And this was Danny Karaplis. She's a product leader. She she does some speaking as well. So you might might see her on the speaking circuit at some point near you. But one of the things that she pointed out is that we really shouldn't put hard dates on a roadmap. So dates give that impression that things are set in stone. But roadmaps, e even in the short term, you know, they're never set in stone completely, especially not to a certain date. I mean, if we're thinking about a year, let's just say it was the traditional sort of year long roadmap in, you know, in the software world. We don't know what is actually going to take to create a product that we're talking about in a year. Again, when we're talking about the things that are in the shorter term, that means we've probably sat down with our team and we've probably talked through, okay, what are the dependencies? What are the... What are the actual things that need to happen and how can we do all the blocking and tackling? But going farther out, if we're putting an actual date on it, we're just setting ourselves up for failure because that date, we're kind of just pulling it out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Now, what, right. what do you do instead? Because I can tell you that the CEO might still ask for a date. The board still might ask for a date. They do. Yeah. We, we could talk about things in terms of you know, if we want to keep general quarters, so to speak, or, you know, there's, there's kind of been a something that's become more and more popular, which is the now next later style of roadmap, where it's not the chronological order. It's not the Gantt chart looking roadmap where, you know, we're seeing the exact months when things are popping, but now next later is sort of like in the now, the next 30 days, the next, you know, it's more like, Hey, what do we expect in, in say three to four months? And then the later is beyond that. And when it's beyond that, kind of going back to that first pro tip, things are uncertain that we don't have good precision. We're, we're not, not touching a date at all. But if it's in that now stage, maybe we can put dates on that. But I, I thought it was good. It was a good piece of feedback from Danny. It is. And I've heard it stated horizon one, two, three as another term I've heard people use out there. Yeah, yeah that's a great that's a great tip she gave.
What else you've got in that bag of uh, stuff there, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to share a few that stood out. Let's see, going back to John Knifik. So John Knifik is entrepreneur. I actually know him very well. I've known him for several years um, here in the Cleveland, Ohio startup community. John is now the managing director of product at EAB. One of the pro tips he kind of gave was just to make sure that we're focusing not on features, but on outcomes and how we can actually enable the priorities of our business. And this is something that you know, sometimes this kind of goes hand in hand with with maybe a mistake that a lot of people make, which is sometimes people have a tendency of looking at a roadmap and saying, okay, what are all the things that we're going to do? Meaning every little feature, you know, that that's not really what a product roadmap is is meant to be. What it's meant to be is how can we solve our customers' problems? And that's maybe how we should start to list and prioritize the roadmap. How which problems are we solving for? How are we solving those problems? You know, at what point are we empowering the customers because that problem is solved? And you can say, and there, you know, when we solve this problem, there are a handful of ways we may solve this problem, you know, including X, Y, and Z. And those are potential features, right? But this goes back to what we were talking about before. We might change the way we're solving that problem. I mean, really, at the end of the day, the customer isn't really interested or making dependencies on a specific feature we're launching what they're doing is they're they're trying to plan and they're trying to understand how are we solving that problem for them i mean if as long as we're solving that problem they probably don't care what the feature actually looks like necessarily so i love that piece of advice from john and i think we all should be mindful of that when we're creating our roadmaps is let's not make them feature focused but but more about what problems are we actually solving yeah, and that ties back really well to the conversation we had uh, last time, you know, about about those, what are, the, what are the jobs you're trying to solve? What are the things you're trying to do? It fits right back in. So, yeah, I get it. Put that in your roadmap, not not the details. Good, good, good advice. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're, you're exactly right. It's, we think back to jobs to be done. It's that idea that our product, you know, customers aren't just buying the product for buying the product's sake. They're literally hiring our product to do a job for them, to solve a problem for them. And so if that's true, and, and if we believe like, okay, we could buy into that, we think that makes a lot of sense. Why would we then create a roadmap that speaks the language that's that's more about features rather than outcomes? We should We should really be matching our roadmap up with the mindset that we have for, again, kind of how we're thinking about product in general, which I, th you know, I think product people these days, I'd like to think most of us are, are outcomes focused. I'd like to think most of us aren't just so focused on individual features in general, but sometimes that gets lost when we're rolling out those roadmaps. Yeah. And especially when we start inward thinking on our roadmaps and we start using our roadmaps for product definition, right? That's not, not the intent. It's not the right mechanism right we want to communicate internally okay we're going to build this feature here yeah but that's that's not the same as uh what we're talking about here so i get yeah, it exactly and, and it, it reminded me it kind of links up with a mistake that people often make and andrea says who she's a senior product marketing manager at trent and she's somebody that's come in and spoken to my class i teach an undergraduate product management class at case western reserve university and Andrea always is really helpful in terms of coming and speaking with my students and especially when it comes to roadmaps. But 
she says, you know, a lot of people, they make the mistake of almost treating it as a release plan. And that's what we're, I mean, if, if it's all feature focused, that's really what you're building. You're not building a roadmap, you're building a release plan, but that's not what it should be. I mean, there, there is a time and place for release plans. The release plans are important artifacts in themselves, but they're not roadmaps. They, they shouldn't really be treated as, as roadmaps. We shouldn't be taking the roadmap and making it a release plan. So instead, again, having it be more focused on the outcomes, on the problems that we're solving, not tied to, hey, we will release this feature on this date. So yeah, Andrea and John would probably get along really well because I feel like John's tip and Andrea's, you know, her pointing out that mistake, you know, goes hand in hand. Oh yeah, yeah. It's two sides of the coin there right together. Uh, it's funny. That's, it just gives more credence to what each one's saying. Yeah. Exactly. What else? You got more? <laughs> no more of these tips? These are great. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have a couple more to kind of point out here. And these two kind of go hand in hand too. These are... These are a couple tips from, from the product collective community here. Kadri Oshubodu. Now, he's the founder of a company called Product Hall. One of the tips, one of the big recommendations that he gave was that instead of releasing a roadmap, how, how we normally do, usually they're very visual documents, right? It might, whether it looks yes. like a Gantt chart, whether it looks like, you know, three swim lanes and it's the now, next, later. They're very visual and that's great. You know, that's helpful for a lot of people to sort of see, you know, to see it. So fair enough. But what Quadri says is that we should also consider creating a narrative that goes along with that. You know, it should really not just show that visual, but it should tell a story that aligns with the overall vision. You know, you could think of this as, you know, what if you wrote a narrative that paints a picture of what the world now looks like after your roadmap is complete? You know, after you do the things that you said that you will do, after you solve the problems that you said you would solve for those customers, you know, whether it's the 30 days, the 90 days, now the full year, what does life look like now for your customers? And how can we write a little story on that? How can we create a narrative on that? What that does is a couple of things. Number one, it really gets everybody on the same page about why we're doing what we're doing right now. Again, this is very outcome focused because we're literally creating and painting a picture of a story of what life looks like for our customers once those outcomes have been achieved. Uh, but two, it, it motivates everybody. I mean, I think if, if we were to think of a roadmap as having a counterpart that is this narrative and, and we're seeing what our customers' lives look like now that our roadmap is is complete and executed on, I would think for me as a product person, that would make me feel very motivated to do the things that we need to do here because I'd want to make that kind of impact on our customers' lives. So I love the idea. And to be honest with you, no roadmap I've created personally has ever had that narrative counterpart, right? So when, when I heard this piece of advice, I thought it was good because it's also not the kind of advice you always hear or that is sort of common practice, but maybe it should be. I think it's, it's, it's unbelievably great. Every roadmap I've seen, almost all of them are some kind of visualization, like you said, and it's left to the, left to the reader, left to the viewer to figure it out, right? There's never any documentation with it. And in reality, I've often said roadmaps are more than just that visual picture, right? And it, you've got documentation, you've got background information that's very relevant that needs to be associated with that roadmap. And this idea of a a futuristic uh, kind of outcome, the other side of the roadmap, what's life like? 
that that is so cool and it's this this narrative this story that belongs with the roadmap i also think when you go to visuals no one visual tells that story right you need several visuals you know you need to look at the future you know the the components of the future this way and that way and, and you know look at them from this lens of strategy or this lens of risk or whatever so this all fits really well to this this concept of a narrative I, I really you could just say so much about a roadmap in such a form I, I think that's awesome yeah it really struck with me as well and there was another sort of tip that I heard from the community another another piece of advice that I would say kind of goes along these these lines but also falls in the category of like huh I haven't really done that before you know but maybe I should have always done that and it came from Jana Bastow. Now, Jana is the co-founder and CEO of ProdPad. She's actually, you know, I'll give her credit for really originating or, or popularizing the Now, Next, Later roadmap. I know that that's something that ProdPad believes in, and Jana's spoken on that style of roadmap for quite some time. Her recommendation was that great roadmaps don't just show what's to come, but they also show progress made as well. And this is something that, Again, for me, I've always thought about it as like, okay, roadmap, here's what's coming. You know, here's here's what we're doing. But when we're showing what we've actually done, it really starts to, I mean, it can impress people, right? We think of our stakeholders, like whether it's the C-suite, whether it's our customers, if we, were to, if we were to create a piece of our roadmap that says, hey, look, here are the outcomes that we actually solved for. Here are problems that we addressed this past year, not just what problems we're going to address, but Here's what we've actually done over the past 12 months. It starts to open people's eyes up, you know, especially as you start to get requests internally like, oh, but can we do X, Y, and Z as well? You know, what What are we actually doing? You know, we could actually point to, oh, by the way, look at what's already been done. Look at all these things that are that are actually happening. Again, kind of it motivates the team. It gets people excited like, okay, we are making a difference. Look at, look at all these things that are actually happening. And I don't know that many people you know, a lot of people are looking forward. I don't know how many people are actually looking back, but maybe we all ought to be. Yeah. Two things popped in my mind. One is it gives you a celebration thing. It gives you a sense of accomplishment instead of, geez, here's just a whole pile of stuff I got to do. You're also saying it's this sense of accomplishment, a little, little way to celebrate without actually having a celebration. You know, and the other thing I think it gives is a feeling of momentum, right? So, so, okay, we're at this point in time and there's all this stuff in front, but is that a mountain to climb? Is that just business as usual? Can we glide through that? You know, having a little bit of understanding of what you've been doing gives you a feeling of, is this achievable, right? Is this, this level of pace of capability? Is this good for us? Have we done this level before? So I think you're right. Looking back and having that as part of the roadmap gives you that, that perspective as well. So that's a great tip. Yeah, definitely something that as I move forward with, you know, any kind of roadmap that I'm involved in, that's that's definitely something I'll be trying to integrate into my own process too, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, lots of great learnings here for everybody listening. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope so. And you know, there's only one more I'll touch up on here. These well, there's two, but they kind of go together. So I'll kind of talk about them together here too. It's coming from Alicia Dixon, who's been a speaker at industry in the past. She's a principal product manager at Walmart. And Ben Foster, Ben's the chief product officer at Whoop. And, um, and Ben is actually speaking at industry, the product conference coming up this fall. So we're excited to have Ben with us as well. But it has to do with stakeholders. And so Alicia 
points out that while it's usually well-intentioned, if you have multiple roadmaps, meaning an internal roadmap and an external roadmap, it's going to get messy, right? Like that, the external folks will end up seeing your internal roadmap. It's just going to happen. And then you're going to get questions on, well, well wait a minute. Now what? You didn't tell me about this product at first, but now I see it that it, it might be launched later on in the year. And so having separate roadmaps might be a challenge. But Ben also points out that different stakeholders, they are going to digest the roadmap in different ways. You know, each of them has different motivations. As an example, your engineering team, they need a different level of understanding of the roadmap and probably a different level of detail of the roadmap than what your customers need. Or, you know, the CFO within your company, understanding what's on the roadmap would be very helpful to that CPO, but they don't need the same kind of details that your UX team gets, right? So these are some challenges here. And, and in some ways you could say, these kind of are at odds with each other because maybe, you know, might the answer be that you have separate roadmaps for every one of the stakeholders? And, and I don't think that's the answer. I do think, you know, to Alicia's point, having a distinct roadmap that you can stand behind is an important thing. But to Ben's point, how you present that roadmap and what level of detail you share about that roadmap, it will probably be dependent on the stakeholders that you're talking to, whether they're internal stakeholders, external stakeholders. Again, internal and external, I mean, even if you're talking about the internal teams, it's going to depend team to team. So on one hand, we need to be careful about having multiple roadmaps and, and understand that if you do do that, it's going to get in the wrong hands. It's probably just going to happen. <laughs> right. But also, even if you were to stick with one roadmap, the way you present that roadmap and the level of detail you're sharing about that roadmap, you need to understand your audience and what their motivations are and what their needs are. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And using, you know, I don't typically talk much about Sofian's products uh, in these podcasts, but using a technology for road mapping that, that helps you. Uh, I went into a customer once, we, we sat there and looked at the roadmaps and I was trying, we were trying to figure it out what roadmaps they should have. And the guy I was working with, he was getting, he was getting uh, really frustrated with his own roadmaps because he said, you know what, the product's called X on this roadmap and it's called Y on that roadmap, but I know it's the same product. And then it's, it's timing is different. And he says, I don't know how anybody makes any decisions around here with, cause it's just nonsense that they're looking at to make decisions. And, and you know, that's obviously that company was facing the same challenges you have of, they needed multiple representations of the roadmap, but then they got out of sync and it's, it's, and you're, it's really hard to, to visualize anything. Yeah. So he's, yeah, it, you know, it's one of these things where for that one, there might not be a magic answer. You know, you might need to try some things that what works to you. But I think the most important thing is that being aware that you know this it, it's a challenge and it's an issue that you're going to have to be mindful of as opposed to just, hey, here are the roadmaps. We're going to kick them out there and, and let's turn a blind eye to the fact that there might be issues <laughs> or challenges along the way. That, yeah. that is not yeah. a good strategy here. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah sure. hopefully it's helpful to at least bring it up and get people thinking about. And same goes for all these tips, you know, all. You know, these things, some of these might be things that we, we're thinking about. Some of these might be new things that we weren't necessarily thinking about. But the hope is that, you know, hearing about some of these tips and mistakes even from our community that, that you know, people in the product collective community have brought up, 
hopefully it just gets us all thinking a little bit more. And the more we're thinking about these challenges and, and these ideas, uh, the better off we'll be when it comes to roadmaps. Yeah. Hey, Mike, is anybody talking about sharing roadmaps in the, if you think about the value chain, you know, the supply chain, you've got different companies selling to other companies who are selling to other companies. And, and, and has anybody talked about sharing roadmaps across that? When we were having conversations in the community, that specific example didn't necessarily come up, but I, I will tell you, I, I think it ought to be. I'm sure some people in our community are thinking about that kind of thing. And Got the, with our Slack, I mean, that's kind of the reason it exists is there's always sort of nuanced challenges that come up and people start new conversations. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see more conversations about that. But yeah, to your point, I mean, a lot of times in our products, we're, we're using other companies' platforms that are embedded and it's like, well, gosh, I need to know their roadmap so I know how it impacts our roadmap so I could then share that roadmap with our customers. So yeah, it's not so uh, straightforward sometimes, is it? No, and I'm going to share a great story. I was visiting one of our customers. I'm going to try to do this in a way that doesn't expose any names or any products or anything like that. Sure. But they make, I'll call it a seal. Like think, think of a, some kind of seal for a big machine, right? That, like a gaskets and seals. And, and um, that their customers have these huge machines that deal with manufacturing and really caustic environments and, and just so this is a specialty seal okay so they have to buy this seal from this company this is what this company does is they make these really high quality seals and other companies buy them and obviously they have to make those seals they they buy chemicals from chemical companies so i'm looking at their roadmap and their products are in the middle and up at the top i see their customers and I look at their customers, and one of their customers is one of our customers using our software. So they're using our software in the middle, right? One of their customers uses our software. And then I look at their suppliers, those chemical companies, and I see, okay, I look at the name, and I says, yep, they're a customer of ours as well. So I know that each one of these three levels has roadmaps, right? The chemical company has its roadmap. You know, this seal company, this middle middle level company has road, and the big, the big big machinery company has a roadmap. And here's this middle one guessing, well, when is the chemical company going to come out with XYZ? And when is the machinery company going to need ABC? So I said to them, I says, wouldn't it be great, because I know those companies have roadmap, wouldn't it be great just to share that? Yeah, that would be really great. I said, well, are you willing to share yours? No, 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 we're not allowed to do that yet, right? So a huge need to share up and down a chain like that. But yeah, there's so many issues of IP. and But I think, you know what, one of the core issues was it establishes a commitment we can't make. So to your first point of dates are not commitments, but once you give a roadmap to your, to your, let's say, to your customers, and they assume it's a commitment that just opens up such a can of worms. And I think if they could get beyond that, they'd be willing to share more. I think you're right about that. Yeah, and that's the challenge when, when we're sharing things with customers, which I believe in. I, I do believe in trying to you know build customers into the product development processes and, and stages, You know, get them involved early. But the minute you do let them know something's coming, they do say, oh, something's coming. You know, they're, they're going they're right. to remember that. And yes. to your point, that's a huge challenge. I like you sharing that story because, yeah, it illustrates that, especially for some companies, 
there are more and more complexities involved with the roadmap that maybe others don't have to deal with. And I'm, I'm grateful that I do not have to uh, be a part of roadmap <laughs> like that right at this moment. Right, right. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, this is uh, this has been awesome, Mike. It just goes to show the value of that community that you guys have uh, established as part of uh, the Product Collective. And uh, uh, obviously, there's some really interesting stuff being discussed in there. It was fun to get a just a glimpse into some of the things that are discussed in your in your communities that you spoke about last time. So yeah. thanks for sharing that with us. Well, no, thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate, yeah, you having me on to talk through some of these things. And, and yeah, conversations like this are happening all the time inside Product Collective, whether it's through our newsletter, our Slack, or the video chat. So yeah, for those that aren't yet involved with Product Collective, join us anytime. We'd love to have you. Sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Mike. Any last uh, comments you want to make before we kind of close our chat today? The only other thing I'll add is that when it comes to roadmaps, like this is something that, again, has existed for such a long time, but we as product people, hopefully we, hopefully we can all have a little grace to understand that the, the things change, you know, and, and that's okay. You know, the way if, if you're hearing this and you're like, oh gosh, I might've been doing this the wrong way for a long time. So have all of us, you know, at some point. So don't, don't hold it too hard against yourself, I guess I'll say. But, you know, always make it a point to try to brush up on, you know, how have things been changing? What are the things that people are doing now, the best product people when it comes to approaching anything, in this case, roadmaps? And, uh, and you'll get there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think the add-on to that is you need roadmaps. If you have your roadmaps and they're current and you keep doing things, you can respond to change. You can understand and impact you know, this this supply chain disruption we hear about or all these things that are coming at us, inflation, whatever issues are coming, you have a plan, a roadmap. You can bounce those against and you can say, okay, how will that impact this? But if you don't have that, if you don't have your, your plan together, you can't even begin to assess an impact. So it's really important. And I think, you you know, it's all good reasons. You've shared some great stuff, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate it. And you enjoy your summer and uh, let's keep in touch. Sounds great. And you too. Okay. To all our listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed that. I thought that was phenomenal. And uh, really, Mike, just sharing all that practical, real, this isn't made up stuff. He was able to, to name names, right? These are people who have figured it out and we can all learn from all of those great people out there so i hope you enjoyed that got something out of it and i wish you all a great week ahead take care everybody bye for now thanks for joining us this week for innovation talks with paul heller if you enjoyed the show please like and subscribe on spotify stitcher apple or wherever you listen to podcasts for additional information on today's topic check out sophion.com S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.